Imagine More is a weekly podcast that explores the stories, passions, successes, and failures of young, unconventional entrepreneurs. Chantel works to uncover the person behind the passion and unpack the ingredients of their entrepreneurial minds. What is it that makes them imagine more? Welcome back to the Imagine More podcast. Today, we're here with Hayden Hilton, 26-year-old owner and founder of Java Cats Cafe, Georgia's first cat cafe located here in the heart of Atlanta. They have adoption numbers doubling shelter rates. Java Cats has been a huge success for cat adoptions and established a following all across the U.S. and several countries in the world. Let's dive into Hayden's journey. Hi, Hayden. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are excited to learn more about Java Cats. Can you kick things off and tell our listeners more about your first company? Sure. So Java Cats Cafe is Georgia's very first cat cafe. It is a full functioning coffee shop with a partitioned cat lounge where we um, have adoptable cats that live there. We work with a local shelter called Paws Atlanta. And people can come in, grab a cup of coffee, and come hang out with cats and play with the cats. And if they're interested in adopting, they can adopt their right there on site. Wow, that that sounds like a really fun place. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to take some Claritin, and then I will come in. <laughs> um, you wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet. Well, tell me a little bit about how you got this idea to start this cafe. Yeah, so I was a film student at Georgia State University um, here in Atlanta, and. I was in a media class, and part of the media class, we had to write a 12-page research paper on any topic in the media that we wanted to cover. Um, So naturally, I decided to cover cat videos on YouTube and why people are so intrigued by watching cats on YouTube. And through that paper, I came across for the very first time uh, the concept of a cat cafe in Taiwan. And up till then, I had never heard of it before, and I was super intrigued by it. So I started doing some more research and um, found out there are there were some in the U.S., not many at the time. Um, and I just got this crazy idea, well, there's none in the South, so maybe I can look into being the first one because I love cats and I've always been in animal rescue. Um, and it just sounded like a lot of fun, so my dream job. So I kind of started my little journey from there. I dropped out of school Um after after done a lot of research and some fundraising and kind of started watching Java Cats come to life. Wow. So do you come from a, a family background of entrepreneurs or anyone in the food and beverage space that you could pick their brain? Kind of. So I, I would say I have some cousins also on the entrepreneurship path. Um, so I think it might be in my blood to be a, like a risk taker and um, my dad's in business. So it was nice to be able to talk to him and um, about finances and things like that. But I picked up a lot of really great mentors along the way. And it is nice to have family members that do understand like, okay, you're dropping out of school. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. I mean, at first my parents were like, don't drop out of school, do this. And then once I dropped out of school and, and started to pursue it, they were like, don't go back to school. It's such of a good thing. Like you need to stick with this. So it's kind of funny how that's kind of changed. Um, but I think people around me, my family understood they had that same uh, entrepreneurship mindset so um so yeah it's been it's been pretty good I think um my mentors my family they're they're all very understanding and helped me kind of uh, along with the Java Cats journey well that's nice to have a good support system did you have um if you don't mind me asking funding to get started did you have a lot in savings or how have you raised you know the capital to open up a shop 
that was my biggest fear about this whole like business opening thing uh, was the money. Where does that come from? Um, so I turned in, I cashed in the rest of my college fund. Um, so that was my, my capital invested. Um, and then I, I took on two investors. So the two investors pretty much funded the whole project. Um, and then we raised uh, $20,000 on Kickstarter. Wow. So we had a good chunk of money from the get-go um, to, to put into the business as we went. So it was um, pretty good from the beginning. A lot of expenses uh, kind of popped up along the way we weren't expecting. Um, so it was kind of hard financially uh, when you can't plan necessarily what's going to – you can't plan for the unexpected. Um, but money was there at the beginning. Um, and, yeah, so we just kind of went off of that. That's amazing. And are these investors people that you were introduced to from friends and family? Did you know them previously? Yeah. So I actually, when I, I left my job, I was work, working in fine dining and the, um, and the restaurant industry. And I left my job to work at a coffee shop for about seven months to kind of get a crash course on managing, being a barista, being a cashier, mm-hmm. all that. So I could, so I would know what I was doing. Um, and so friends of ours own that coffee shop. It's called Ebreak Coffee. They're right on Georgia State's campus. So my, um, I guess the, the guy that owns that coffee shop plugged me in with my investors. So it was, it was awesome because he believed in some, he believed in the idea and he's like, money will follow you. Don't worry about the money. It'll happen. And then he helped plug, plug in that gap for me. Wow. And there's nothing more powerful than learning exactly what you'd like to do on someone else's dime and then being open and sharing and, you know, sharing those experiences with you so you can build a good foundation. Absolutely. So let's dive into the people. So are you running the cafe solely yourself? What does that dynamic look like right now? Yeah. So right now I have a staff of eight, um, including myself. So we do have a really small staff. We have uh, four cat lounge employees and three baristas, not including myself. So we have a really small team. Um, in the beginning, I was there every single day, open to close, um, you know, as a small business, probably, I, I guess that's normal. <laughs> um, but now it's at the point where I can work on more admin stuff, work in the, the background of things. Um, and it's much easier for me. I have a really amazing team that allows me to do that and have more time to really grow the business from the back, the backside of things. So, um, so I'm not there every single day like I was in the beginning, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm still pretty much there all the time. <laughs> so. Wow. And how, how long have you been in business? We have been in business 10 months now. And you're, I mean, that is amazing to have a team of eight people and in less than a year. That is, that is, a, that is so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So did you get guidance on how to find the right people and, and how did you find your team? Yeah, I definitely um, overstaffed in the beginning. I wasn't sure what to expect and I was kind of basing staffing off of the coffee shop that I worked at at Georgia State. Um, so we definitely overstaffed the beginning and everyone knew I was very upfront, very transparent with everyone that I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know, um, you know, if we would need everyone, but everyone just wanted to come along for the journey. So we had a really, really good core group of people that helped launch uh, Java Cats. Um, I think some people weeded out and I definitely learned what to look for an employee and not just opening to whoever. I think that was definitely a, le- a growing pain for me. Um, but we have a really amazing team now, and I, I look for certain traits. And I look for certain, you know, personalities that are very hospitable and welcoming. 
Um, I feel like a lot of coffee shops kind of lack on that aspect of being welcoming and warm. So we wanted that to be different for here. And we want people to feel at home when they walk in. So we have a great team that does that now. And how did you get the word out about Java Cats um, when you first opened up? Fortunately, um, it, because it was the only one of its kind in the entire state, um, <laughs> the media came very naturally. So it was nonstop media from the get-go. Um, every paper, every news uh, outlet would come knocking on our door. And even on opening week, I had laryngitis from talking to so many people for the first two weeks. And I was like, I had no voice for like a month after that. It was terrible. Um, but that was just how many, how many media people would come in and the news would come in, um, and newspapers and bloggers and just people from all over were traveling to come and check out Java Cat. So it was fortunately for us, since it was such a new concept, the media was very natural. Well, that's nice. And have you leveraged social media or continued to leverage some of those PR and social media outlets to help continue to foster those relationships? Absolutely. So we have a, a couple of really, really awesome um, uh, things booked for the future that I can't announce quite yet, but things <laughs> that have kind of organically happened um, through the media from the beginning. So we definitely haven't lost traction as far as media goes. It's only grown from there. So I think it's gotten a lot of people's attention. And like I said, being the one, the only one in Georgia at the time was very helpful for our success as far as media goes. Yeah, absolutely. So I was reading on the website more about the adoption side of things. Where, where are the cats coming from? And then how quick, like, where do, do they stay there at night? I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we work with Paws Atlanta. They're Georgia's oldest non-kill animal shelter. Um, they're out in Decatur. So all of our cats come from them. They pull from all kinds of places in Georgia. So cats mm. come from all walks of life, all backgrounds. Um, so they come to Java Cats to get socialized. So we have shy cats, we have outgoing cats, we have cats of all kinds. So it's almost like a, a like a dating service. You come in, you're like, if you're looking for a cat, it's like, what kind of cat are you looking for? We can mm. kind of match you up to your perfect cat uh, match. So the cats do stay there at night. They're free-roaming cats. They have the, the best playground ever um, in the cat lounge. They can go up in the ceiling and around the room. If they didn't want to touch the floor, they wouldn't have to because there's so much other places they can climb and sleep and hide. So it's a really cool experience for the cats. That's really neat. Um, well, we were actually laughing offline before about how both of our dogs are in the background, so we're hoping that they don't bark yeah. during the show. <laughs> um, so yeah. are you, I'm guessing, a cat lover and a dog lover, um, and do you have cats at home as well? Yes, so I, I grew up an animal lover. I don't think I've ever met an animal I didn't love, so I have two um, rescue Pomeranians and three rescue cats. So one of those cats did come from the Java Cats Lounge. Accidentally, <laughs> wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. So we have a little family of, uh, of five little creatures running around our apartment. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, let's yeah. talk about your day-to-day now, and I'm sure it's continuing, continually evolving. Um, but where do you see your role, you know, in the next year? Are you hoping to completely kind of step out away from the business and hire the staff to manage it, or... Where do you see your future there? Yeah, so a little inside scoop. We are actually opening a second location in Marietta. So exciting. Close to the Marietta Square. Yeah, so um, I'm just now starting to make that official. I haven't even announced that on social media yet. Um, but before this phone conversation, I just was sent the lease. So it's happening. It's very real. Um, so I think just kind of 
seeing where Java Cats goes and where we can step in and help shelter cats get more exposure. Um, so I think Marietta for us is a really great step because it's not too far away. It's local and, um, and just keep growing. So I, I definitely don't see myself stepping out completely because I absolutely love what I'm doing. And I love Java Cats. Like it's my second home. Um, but I would like to get to the point where admin work can be a little overwhelming. So I'd like to get to the point where I'm not actually working barista shifts and I'm on the backside working on admin and, you know, payroll and finances because doing that and working actually shifts is very over overwhelming and it's Mm -hmm. a lot to take on. So I would like to kind of take, take a step back, work more on that, grow the business and be, um, more active in that, in that role. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I see it going. Do you anticipate opening more locations than just the two and in different cities? Would that be like a, a really long-term vision for you? I'm not sure, honestly. I was very opposed to opening a second location just because I had a very difficult and challenging time opening the one in Atlanta. The city of Atlanta was nearly impossible to work with with this new concept. They just didn't get it. Hmm. Um, so with my experience with that, I honestly was very opposed to Marietta, but, um, Marietta's, the Marietta square, um, actually asked for us to come up there. So they, uh, they're very open to the idea. They want it. They've seen how successful it's been and how it's helped cats. And it just kind of brings the community together in a very different way. Um, so I don't want to jeopardize the integrity of what we have going on and expanding it. I know people have asked me about franchising. I've been approached about franchising, but I'm not sure. I think that's kind of something I'll have to grow into and do some more research on. But I just want to keep the feel the same that's at Java Cats now, which is very, you know, homey and welcoming and warm. And um, I don't ever want to lose that. So I don't want to grow too big. I think mm-hmm. it's just where it's needed. And I, that's why I'm open to Marietta because it is close enough for me to go every day. Um, but, yeah, I think that's kind of where, where I stand on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's, a, that's a really interesting point. And in our company, we're in a similar position that if we could continue to grow and grow really fast, but then we run the risk of losing what we hold yeah. near and dear. And it's an interesting balancing act in trying to figure out like, what are the goals and the vision and continually reminding yourself of that. So you don't lose sight of it just because, you know, a lot more business is coming in or more opportunities are opening right. up. Um, speaking of challenges, so you kind of touched on this twice. Is there anything you wish you knew when you had first got started? You first opened up? So many things. Yeah. <laughs> so many things. I could honestly probably write a book on just that question. Um, because I'm very type B and I'm very unorganized and artsy, and I, I did, never saw myself opening a business. I never thought I would be the kind of person that enjoyed it. Um, but I think my strengths of being creative and my weaknesses of being unorganized have kind of helped. The charm is kind of what I make myself believe um, <laughs> of taking the business um, entrepreneurship journey a little differently. Um, but I think if I could have taken, or if I could have told myself something would just been not to be so terrified of failure. I think that was so scary for me in the beginning of, well, what if this fails? What if this is not successful? And I think that fear is almost worse and more crippling than actually failing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something I've kind of taken on is, you know, it's not, it's not all that bad, you know? Um, but I think, um, gosh, I don't know. That's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the fear of failure and, uh, just kind of not being so scared and just 
yeah, I think that's what I think that's the biggest point I would I would take. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one. It's funny with the fear now looking back and like thinking, okay, if it did fail, and it, at least for us in retrospect, it'd be like it it was the best lesson we probably you know if we did yeah. fail. Thankfully, we haven't, but it's really not bad. Like thinking now, looking back yeah. and being like, if we had failed, it would have been really cool to learn all of X, Y, Z and then apply it to whatever else comes in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think when risk is involved and, you know, a lot's at stake, the failure um, idea is super scary because you're like, well, I'll lose all of it. But really, you've gained a ton of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So um, right now, we, uh, I'm leading a Java Cats entrepreneurship group at, at Java Cats on Wednesday nights for women. Um, so I think there's just a lot of challenges for a, a woman business owner, and it, that in itself is challenging. Um, so I meet with about, we have like 70 that have signed up, and we have about 30 that show up in person, and then 12 to 15 online that are all across the country. Um, and the one main thing everyone is so scared of is failing. And that's one of the things that we talk about every single time we meet up is what's so scary about it. Like, what are you actually afraid of? And um, I think everyone's kind of coming to terms like it's not that scary and there's more lesson in the failure than mm-hmm. failing itself, you know, but I think we're just taught to be so scared of that. Yeah, absolutely. I so appreciated when you said that you were a type B creative person. Um, have you found tools or techniques or maybe people that you rely on in the company to help you stay organized or manage some of those processes that you like as nails on a chalkboard for you? Yeah, I am very unorganized. And I think one of my, uh, the key that I've learned is writing things down and keeping out my phone and keeping out a calendar. Um, but what's amazing is I've had people that are not em- hired employees at Java Cats, but because of what we're doing and what we're doing with the cats, they just come along to help and to stay more on top of things and stay organized and help me out. So I think um, just the right people have come along that I can really rely on and trust that a job's going to be done well. Um, and that's honestly been a huge blessing for me is people see that that's my weakness, but they don't judge me for it. And they kind of come along to help out and kind of, um, you know, come alongside me and make sure we're successful and we're doing things right. So I think, um, the bright people have definitely come along. It's been awesome. That's nice. It sounds like you have a very good network of people. Yeah, definitely. Um, on some of the more challenging days, what do you do when you're feeling drained? Or if you are having a bad day and you're like, why did I start this? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do to stay motivated? Honestly, I hang out with the cats. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, I think just kind of going back to the reason why I started this and the reason why I'm doing this is to get cats out of cages and um, in the beginning, I think there were so many issues I was running into and I was super discouraged. Um, and back when Java cats wasn't, I wasn't able, it wasn't tangible yet. I would go to, you know, pet smart or Petco and see the cats in cages and just go and talk to them and pet them and just, you know, just kind of remember, I'm just trying to get these cats out of cages and I'm trying to get them more exposure. And that's the heartbeat of behind Java cats, what we're trying to do. Um, so I think just kind of refocusing my energy to mm-hmm. this is what this is why I'm doing this it's not for anything else it's for this reason here because it's so easy to get caught up in the to-dos and the busyness and the overwhelming you know task at hand but I think it's just refocusing to why the why like if mm-hmm. you can answer the why um that should be the heartbeat that keeps you going so I think that's why what I do is I try to recenter and focus on that I love that. And probably such a stress relief to just 
pause and put your attention on something else, another animal and mm-hmm. um, play, which is, which is nice. Do you have, when you were doing that research, did you see anything about like puppy cafes? <laughs> <laughs> That's always the second question. When's there going to be a puppy cafe? <laughs> um, so the very first dog cafe opened in California, um, hmm. not too long ago. I'm not sure how it's going. Um, I've played around with the idea. To me, cats are more my spirit animal, I think. So, so I think um, I'll probably be sticking with cats and focusing on that. But I, I'm not sure if there's any do- dogs to me, I think, would be a little bit more difficult in a cafe setting. I feel like it will be a little bit louder and you have to hmm. walk them. So I think there's some aspects of a dog cafe that just would be incredibly difficult than compared to a cat cafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Not a challenge I'm willing on, uh, on taking up. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was traveling in Japan, um, early last year and we went, we, we heard of a lot of the cat cafes there. There was also an owl cafe, which was interesting. Um, it kind of was, it made me sad because I felt like they needed to be outdoors, but, um, yeah. something different. Yeah, different concept for sure. Um, where do you continue to learn and uh, grow in your entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, I think just kind of growing into this role of owner. Um, for so long, I've worked under people and I've had bosses and now I'm that person for my team. So I remember when we first opened, there was a difficult situation that came up. A family had traveled like three hours away to come see the cat and we definitely recommend reservations we limit the number of people in the room but they were very upset about not being able to get in and I remember looking to my staff like okay um what do we do about this and they're like what do you do about this yeah. like what do you want to do about this and it, and I feel like in that moment I'm like oh that's a different shift I'm having to take on as owner and mm-hmm. I it's me I'm the go-to person now um so I think just growing into that role and feeling more confident about it and you know, uh, yeah, so it's been very challenging to kind of become the boss. So I think I'm, I'm always going to grow into that role. I don't think it'll ever just happen. I think I want to be a good boss. I've worked under enough difficult ones. I want to be one that's well-liked, but well-structured and, you know, running our, our team very well. So I think that's going to constantly be something that I'm learning. I, yeah. And I imagine that we'll always, as a fellow business owner, always be learning. And I, I, anytime I'm with friends who work for other people, I'm always asking, you know, I dive into those questions when they're talking about something that went wrong at work. Cause I want to know how did they handle it versus how did someone else handle it? And, um, it's interesting to, to hear those different perspectives. For sure. Okay, so just a couple more questions to wrap things up. Um, what do you think is your top strength, and how do you leverage it every day? Fortunately for me, I was in fine dining before Java Cats. Um, so I was in fine dining as a host captain for about two and a half years at the Ford Fry Company. Hmm. Um, and that was such an amazing experience for me, honestly. I don't think Java Cats would be what it is without learning the skills that I learned being over being a captain at the host stand um you learn a lot about people and especially in Buckhead which Buckhead's a very nice side of town so they're very difficult people very entitled people and I think um learning how to just be very our motto is genuine hospitality and genuinely caring for people and meeting their needs whatever they are and not treating everyone everyone's needs the same so I think um learning that tool from that company has really helped me 
kind of propel the hospitality motive. Like that's our motivation at Java Cats is be very hospitable and very warm and welcoming. I know I've said that a couple of times, but it's so important when you're running a business. And like I said before, it's what a lot of coffee shops lack. They don't, you know, they're just there to do a job. But at Java Cats, we want people to feel at home. And we have a core group of people that come in all the time because that's where they feel at home. So I think my top strength would be being very hospitable and being very genuine with people and just kind of meeting them where they are. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have learned that skill from my previous job. I love that. And I think it's such a true testament to the work environment you're creating that you have these regulars that are coming in day after day. I think that's awesome. So yeah. kudos to you. Um, you. Of course. Do you feel like you've striked a great balance in your personal and business life? How have your friends responded? And I guess then second question would be, how have your friends responded to this new endeavor? Yeah, I think um, it's been challenging because running a business takes up a lot of my time. Um, so balancing, you know, work-life balance. Uh, we actually talked about this on the women's entrepreneurship groups on Wednesday. Um, and we were just kind of talking about like, what's, how do you balance that? It's so easy to get caught up in business life and just combining it. Um, but I think for me, it's just learning to say no to things and learning to say no to even opportunities sometimes and learning to say no to, um, you know, to work sometimes and putting that to the wayside and kind of focusing on what's important. And I'm married, so, uh, it's important to not combine work and married life and kind of having that time to, uh, to focus on each other. And fortunately for me, my husband's a master's student, so he's striving for something and working hard for something. So we're both kind of go-getters and we're doing our own thing. And when we come together, it's nice that we just, we work really hard and then we kind of, we play hard. We love to travel. So we definitely prioritize taking trips and um, doing fun things around, you know, around town. So um, I think just saying no and just taking mm -hmm. that time to focus on you. And especially if you're married, it's really easy to, kind of put that to the wayside and especially friends too, but just saying no and just having fun. I think it's important to have fun, you know, and remain keeping those friendships. You don't want to drop those friendships. And fortunately for me, my friends are very understanding and they're very supportive about what I'm doing. So it's, it's nice. It's nice to have that, that understanding support. <laughs> That's great. Well, as you're approaching your one year, last questions, um, yeah. one year is around the corner. Are you doing anything to celebrate the big milestone? Yes. So I am teaming up with River Bear Films, which is a local Atlanta um, film production team, and we are doing a cat film festival. So because I'm a film student, cats, cat videos are still my thing. <laughs> I still love anything cat and film related. Um, I still have a major passion for like, the film industry and, and film. So we're, we're hosting a cat film festival, and we are going to uh, – people can submit their videos. You can go to javacatcafe.com. And go to our film festival page. Um, you can submit a short cat film. There's a $500 cash prize. And then the Atlanta artist Catlanta is making a custom trophy for the, the main winner. So we have some really cool things uh, lined up for that. And that's how we're going to celebrate our one year anniversary is just doing a cat film festival, kind of bring it back to where it all began. That's so exciting. Well, congratulations again, and congratulations on the Marietta location. We can't wait to link that in the show notes and follow along. But Hayden, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great getting to know you more. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.